I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Time to talk about muscle soreness. Got the idea for this podcast from an interview I did today. I contribute frequently, have done so for decades to the media on exercise, nutrition, and motivation. And this question was a little different. I've never been asked it this way, which is really rare after doing this for such a long time. And I thought, you know what? There, there's, there's good stuff here. So I'm going to talk about muscle soreness, but in the context of during versus after a workout. So I will start with after the workout because that's, I, I've done podcasts about it before. That's the common question, right? Um, and, and, you know, we'll get into the two day after DOMS soreness. But what this uh, writer asked was the during. During, and she also said, you know, immediately after um, a workout, what's that soreness all about? I was like, wow, I've never been asked it that way before. So great, great topic. And let's just start with after, because that's the more common question. So I often, because I've done this interview many, many, many times and written about it as well, uh, I, I talk about one particular um, example. Back when I was a trainer in New York City, one gym in spe- you know specifically, we used to give out the orientations, right? And by the way, orientations, they still do them at gyms. Things have changed a little bit, but you know, you got two free orientations back in the day. And as trainers, we got paid, I think it was, it was either seven or $8, <laughs> just so you know, oh my gosh, how little, and yeah, this was a while ago, but trainers by and large do not get paid, uh, remotely close to what, well, the good ones, to what they should, uh, even the, the not so good ones still are underpaid, uh, but I digress. Uh, but that was, and, uh, you know, you did the session, the free orientation, free to the client. Uh, or potential client for that reason, to try to make them a client, right? To try to sell them training afterwards. And I would get this from those people as well as actual clients when I would work with them for the first time. You did a session and if they were of the uh, personality type that they wanted to be pushed really, really hard and they're those, right? Not everybody, certain specific personality type. You do the workout and either that day right after the workout or the next day they'd say you know what Tom you didn't work me out hard enough I'm not sore at all and first of all that was never my my goal was not to make you sore and I will talk about that in greater detail shortly but it's easy to kill you I say this all the time it's easy to make you do a hundred burpees or a hundred push-ups a hundred of anything or lift weight that's too heavy but taking you right to that level takes time to figure out what your levels are and to not get you hurt Greatest results, shortest amount of time, least likelihood of injury. Okay, but if I if I work them hard enough, especially if they were a new client or I'm sorry, a new person to exercise, like just starting out or a really long time off, you know where I'm going. In two days is when the soreness comes. It's not the day after, it's two days after. And that's the delayed onset muscle soreness totally out of left field oftentimes and those same clients or people that I gave the orientation to who I was trying to make a client would often call the second day and say I apologize I am sore 
right? So that's the late onset muscle soreness. And that primarily comes from the eccentric phase of lifting. And we're talking strength training here. You're going to get sore from everything, uh, cardio, strength training, you know, whatever's new and different. And the heavier it is or the more different, you know, the, the least um, uh, you've done of that type of movement, uh, the more likely you're going to be to be sore right? Because it's new, it's novel, and it's breaking down your muscle tissue. It is literally creating tiny microscopic tears in your muscle tissue. And that's what rebuilds. And there's an inflammation process. Um, and, and that's about as deep as I'm going to go in it. But the lowering phase. So if you do a bicep curl, you curl it, the let's say dumbbells to your shoulders, then it's the lowering phase that really creates that muscle damage. It's damage. And that's why I'm going to come back to this. It's so important that we focus on the down. And so often people literally, and I'm going to use that term, I know it's abused, but literally lift backwards. In other words, they throw the weight up and throw it down and they're not getting the benefit of the eccentric. And if you think about it for two seconds, this is where common sense comes in. We got science and, and then we have common sense. But if that's where the damage is coming, then we want to focus on it, right? That's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Still, you want to do the concentric, the up phase uh, with the correct form and tempo and muscle time under tension, but we especially don't want to lose the down, okay? Uh, but... Oftentimes, people also ask, like, am I going to be this sore all the time? Absolutely not. No one would ever exercise, right? If you were always that sore, that would be a problem, right? And your muscles adapt really quickly. Really smart machine. I've been saying that for years. Uh, they adapt really quickly to be able to handle new activities so as to what? It's protective to avoid further damage in the future, and this is often referred to as the repeated bout effect. So the more you do an exercise, the less sore you're going to be, the more your body adapts. And this is why I say, and I, I said this to the reporter, you know, I will take a class like bar, you know, something uh, it's either totally new to me or I haven't done it in a really long time. And I try everything and I will be crippled, right? Even though I do and have done so much exercise for so long, if it's new and different, doesn't even have to be heavy, I'm going to get sore, all right? That eccentric phase again, want to reiterate, that's where your muscles are contracting while lengthening. This is why running downhill is really brutal. The Boston Marathon, one of the reasons it's so challenging is because the first 16 miles or so are a subtle downhill. So you're literally, third time I've said it, I know, <laughs> you are creating micro tears in your leg muscles, your quads, that are acting like brakes almost during the downhill, all right? But let me give you two quick paragraphs on the inflammation process. Really interesting, right? The pain is thought, the, the delayed onset muscle soreness, uh, due to this damage to the connective tissue, and that increases the sensitivity of what are known as the muscle's nociceptors, okay? Those are the pain receptors, and this causes that pain when you move, when you stretch, when you basically start moving again, those uh, nociceptors are sensitive and you're going to feel it. And that's why the delayed effect is there because it's thought to be that the inflammatory process takes time. It takes time uh, to happen 
to make these nociceptors more sensitive. Uh, now, as I was preparing this show, I was thinking about what's the huge fad. Fad? Yeah, it's a fad. Uh, it will come and go. Some people will continue, but cold plunge, right? And I did an amazing podcast, if I do say so myself, with Lindsay Barra, the granddaughter of Yogi Berra, who is an amazing fitness writer about the cold, hard truth about icing. We want the inflammatory response. So this is where you start to connect. You start to learn. You learn from this show, right? So basically, in a nutshell, when you put cold, you know, immerse yourself in cold, your muscles, uh, you are delaying the inflammatory process that I just talked about. Now, that's good for the time being. You're going to feel better in the short term, but you're delaying something that should happen. Now, if you're a professional athlete, different because you got to play day in and day out. But if you're the average person who's exercising, even above average, you know, you actually possibly, probably according to the most recent signs, want to avoid the cold, okay? And this is where you start to connect the dots. We talk about cryotherapy. We talk about delayed onset muscle soreness, the inflammatory process, and you go, oh, oh, now this is starting to make sense, but so few connect the dots. They just talk about cryotherapy. And, you know, obviously there's other benefits too that they talk about. Don't want to go there. But final point on this is there's also research into the fact that uh, cold right after a workout uh, mitigates some of the effects, the positive benefits of exercise strength training in particular. But I digress. But there's there's a very interesting kind of just nuance and science to delayed onset muscle soreness. The muscle's nociceptors take time to kind of get sensitive, okay? All right, let's start to uh, bring this part home. So again... Uh, this is why we should, I would argue, uh, again, accentuate the down part of strength training. Make sure you don't lose that if you want the maximum benefit from it, okay? Uh, and, you know, the soreness is different. This is why I just bore you to death with variation, 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 variation. Our bodies adapt over time, and this is why I did uh, several podcasts on muscle confusion you know, should you do the same workout, you know, three, four, five weeks, you know, increasing the intensity, um, adding weight and things like that, possibly. And there's those people who say too much muscle confusion isn't a good thing. Let's meet in the middle. <laughs> Let's meet in the middle. Okay. Let's control what we can, right? That's the, how long our workout is, the duration, the type of exercise we do, the intensity, the amount of weight, but when we vary those things, just think about keeping the body guessing so that the body has to adapt. It's the adaptation that are our gains, our results, right? Is soreness, common question, like a marker of a great workout, an effective workout? Absolutely not. Especially if you're doing the same routine for three, four weeks. And for beginners, that's pretty much, you know, you want to build not only strength, but self-efficacy. You start with like two push-ups, right? And so if you're seeing your trainer two times a week, you maybe do push-ups for four weeks and you go from two to three to four. And at the end of four weeks, maybe you're doing 10. So there's a method to the madness, but soreness is not just like sweating 
is not an indication of a hard workout. There's different reasons and different fitness levels and different uh, factors, uh, genetic also, and fitness level involved in sweating. Uh, soreness is by no means. You can't always beat yesterday. And you can't do hit every day. I've been talking about that a lot recently. All right? Uh, but it's not. And, you know, for those of you who are just starting out on a fitness routine and you are super sore, just know that it gets better. It gets better. And it's that such a cool concept. I love the repeated bout effect. The more you do something, the more your body adapts, gets stronger, and you're going to get less and less sore. All right, good enough for that. Now let's talk about what it's not really quickly. Lactic acid, which is actually lactate and true like hardcore exercise science uh, people, physiologists are going to balk at the term lactic acid and say, no, it's lactate. Mm, Come on, you know, I get it, but... Most people know it as lactic acid. Let me just say again that lactic acid builds up, doesn't build up during like a marathon. It's high intensity effort and it's generally out of your system within an hour and it's not according to the most current research what makes you sore. It's not. Especially for those people who, you know, we could debate like really high intensity and what, you know, the burning feeling Uh, but by and large, that's not what most people are experiencing. They're not going there, uh, in cardio. Some are, but even then there, we could have the debate about what the soreness is from. And now we're getting into during the workout. And that was really interesting to me again, when the writer asked this question. So let's talk, let's just segue right into it. Soreness during or soon after a workout. Okay. Now, this is, this is there's, there's less science to go to here. Of course, there is science, but I want to stick for this podcast to the anecdotal, to my experience as, as someone who's worked out for decades and also has trained thousands of people over the years and, and you know worked with them in so many different settings from personal training to camps and things like that, all right? It's rarely asked. This question is rarely asked. First time I've been asked it in 30 plus years by uh, a writer. And I think what's so important is what is the definition Right? I said that to the writer, like asked her, what's the definition of sore? Right? And that's why I've talked about this recently. Uh, it's so difficult as a, as a good trainer to listen. Like, you, first of all, you have to listen, stop talking and going back and forth with your client. How does this feel? Where do you feel it? What's your intensity levels? That exchange should be happening frequently. And then you have to try to get inside their body to a large degree and figure out what is pain, what is soreness, what is just difficult, what is just, you know, I'm doing a heavy leg press and, and that's challenging, right? And that's hard. It's, it's, it's imperfect at best, right? So we can go back and forth on soreness. I want to keep this really top level, right? And for me, when we start to have this discussion, there are numerous possibilities about what that soreness can be, and we haven't even clearly defined it. But for me, it's often muscle weakness and muscle imbalances, right? It's happening during the workout. And and this could be, I'm thinking strength training right now, like, you know, you're doing squats or you're doing even skaters, things like that. Uh, But you can be running, and I'm going to give a specific uh, example that I just did a podcast on. But that's so often when something is going to present in the moment, you got something going on, right? 
And the example I gave, I just did a podcast on, you know when to say when. I was doing some interval training on a woodway treadmill. All of a sudden, my left glute started getting super tight, and I called it a day. And guess what? That was several days ago, and it's just starting to. It's still sore. And thank goodness, if I hadn't have ended that workout, bad news. I would have pulled something major. And it might not have been the glute. could have been like a knee, because that's often also What's going on when you're feeling pain and soreness within a workout? Muscle balance, uh, muscle imbalances, muscular weaknesses, and then you're going to have the compensatory issue as a result, right? So you have weak glutes. I'm going to change the way I run to stop the glute from hurting, and I'm going to hurt something else, okay? And that is so often what happens, and that's why, wow, a good coach, a good trainer is really worth, you know, everything when you've worked with that person for a long time and you can slowly dial in these issues and it takes time just like losing weight takes time and hitting all your fitness goals is going to take time or going to take time you know that's why it's so next to impossible if someone says to you i know exactly why you have piriformis issue or i know exactly why you have plantar fasciitis it's your shoes no it's you can't do it if it were that easy, we wouldn't have the issues. It's multifactorial and often multi, multi, I mean, so many potential issues and many contributing factors. You may have a pre-existing injury. You may have some muscular weaknesses and you may have some muscular imbalances. For me, because I am so honest and I've been doing this a really long time, what that said to me is I need to do more squats and more lunges. I need to do a lot more leg exercises. And I know that I've been slacking off from that stuff. I've been focusing on the vanity stuff, more of the upper body. And that's what I took away from that soreness. And it was sore. And the level of soreness, even after, you know, the day after, um, from that run workout, that wasn't your, your same DOMS. And first of all, it was the next day. It was, it was pretty constant. So I pushed it. That's high intensity stuff, right? That's why when I talk about things like deadlifts and sprinting and jumping, you know, box jumps, higher intensity, greater likelihood of injury. You got to be careful. You have to know when to say when, and you have to know the risk reward ratio. There's so many people that shouldn't be deadlifting. I hate to say it. Not even close should so many of the people I see deadlifting be deadlifting for many reasons. <laughs> but you got to know your body. You got to listen. And for me, again, during the workout, had an issue, soreness, said to me, stop. What? What's the etiology? What's the cause of it? For me, and, and you know, am I 100% sure? No, but I'm probably 90% sure that strength training, because I've done this in the past too, is going to help. All right. So that is so important. And so often it's like people's backs and things like that. You know, back when I was a trainer, oftentimes I would get a new client either on a treadmill or we would go outside, even in New York City, we'd go to Central Park and we'd just run, we'd run, walk, burn some calories, obviously depending on their goals and things like that. But at the end of that workout, maybe 30 minutes of it or an hour, depended, you know, but they'd say, you know, my lower back is tight. 
this knee hurts, my hips got an issue going on, it would expose the weak links. All right, so that's the muscle soreness. That's when you start to have muscular issues, dysfunction, if you will, during a workout. Got to be careful. You don't want to, you know, hurt yourself within that workout. Listen to your body, as I said in that prior podcast, and then try to slowly figure out the etiology of that issue. But that's what I love about cardio in general, right? Put someone on an elliptical, put them on a Stairmaster, whatever it is. And when you have that issue during, and as this writer asked too, oftentimes right after, um, I would argue that you start to feel it during oftentimes. And there's myriad factors that could be coming to play. But again, I'm going to the most common issues that I have seen over 30 plus years. And it's that you got something going on. So that's different. And I love that question, right? What's the difference between muscle soreness during or immediately after a workout? I'd say dysfunction, figure out what's going on. And that soreness two days after the delayed onset muscle soreness, inflammation process, it's going to get better. You're doing different things. And, you know, every now and then, I want that soreness. I want, And that's why I love trying so many different modalities for so many reasons. I want to keep learning. I want to keep my body guessing. The more things we do, the better balanced we are in so many ways. And so that soreness, you're going to get whenever you push it or do something different, right? But you're not always going to be yesterday. And you're not always going to be sore or you're going to be hurt. Excessive moderation. Do a little exercise a lot. Don't do a lot of exercise a little. If you do, you're oftentimes going to end up doing no exercise for a long time because you got hurt. You know, this is me putting ego aside. I play the long game, people. I don't need to win. You know, it's just talking with someone. Leave it at this and then we're done. Welcome my dogs and speaking with a woman who is doing one of the popular boutique fitness club modalities. I'm not going to mention it. Doesn't matter. It's a good, it's a good modality. It's a mix of cardio and strength. Uh, but she is having issues as are, I, I know actually off the top of my head, like three or four other people doing the same boutique fitness uh, workout and they're older and they're having issues. One of the reasons they all say is because they're, trying to compete with the other people. Now, topic for another podcast, one of my, you know, that's sports psychology at its finest, but you gotta let ego go sometimes. Again, know when to say when. So there's a fine line between going and using people as motivation and not knowing when to go, you win. You win. Because guess what? You may beat someone and then pull something who won? <laughs> I know. God, it's such a great topic, but that's not what that's not what today's about. All right. Really interesting. Delayed onset muscle soreness, micro tears, inflammation. By the way, let me just say to wrap this up with a nice tidy bow. Uh, when you have that soreness, it's counterintuitive, but you want to do something low level. Don't sit on the couch. You do that leg workout that you haven't done in so long. You're really, really, really sore. Low-level biking, going for a walk is going to help 
you know, ease the symptoms rather than make them worse. Great topics. Uh, that's it. Good enough. Uh, Tom H. Fit. Instagram, Tom H. Fit. Twitter, if you want to reach out with questions, comments, please do. Getting ready to do another listener mailbag show because I have such great questions. Such great. You guys are the best uh, audience ever. Uh, and I'm going to continue to bring you the best information based on the latest science common sense. And I'm going to constantly say it depends, which very few people in this industry say. It depends on so many factors. It depends on what your definition of soreness is. What is so? What is an injury? <laughs> right? Is that soreness that you can still work through? But I digress again. Uh, teamholland.com's website. Go there, email me, see uh, other things I'm doing and the books and all the stuff are there. Uh, please, again, this is a relatively, and I can't keep saying this, but we're over 100 episodes here, 400 on Fitness Disrupted. But subscribe, follow, comment, rate, whatever you can do to support Fitness Disrupted 2.0 would be greatly appreciated. And remember, there's three things we all control how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, and that is awesome. My only bias is us all living our longest, best lives. And if I don't know something, I'm going to say I don't know, and I'm going to figure it out. But there's so much information out there. Uh, I've been doing this a heck of a long time. I never stop studying, never stop reading the studies, so that we can have the best information, Okay. And that's it. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist, and lover of everything fitness. Believe in yourself. And here is Jack Lane. I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you. 